You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast, hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. It's a Monday mug day. That's about an hour away from now, okay? So there you go. Stick around if you can. Get the one and only Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mug. The one and only message. Amazing. Holly? You're Holly? <laughs> that was the reply message on Facebook. Holly Shear uh, was the mom who sent happy birthday messages to her son 20 years after she gave birth to him. First time had ever had, had had any kind of correspondence or anything. You see, Holly was very young and thought she couldn't give her baby the life she wanted for him. So she chose Angela and Brian Hulleberg to be Benjamin's adoptive parents. I've heard only your first name my entire life, he said. After the two reconnected online, they soon learned something remarkable. Now, this was really cool. For the past two years, they've both been working at the same hospital. It happened to be St. Mark's Hospital. Benjamin had worked as a volunteer in the NICU, amazing, and Holly as a medical assistant at the heart center. Both believe their paths had to have crossed during that time. They parked in the same garage. They ate in the same cafeteria. And Holly had a few out her window lobby of the woman's pavilion, a view of the woman's pavilion where Benjamin spent his time. Can you believe that? It's a pretty incredible story right there. God working. You know, it's one of those things. Do you see God working in all those years that go by? And there's that reconciliation right there. God has been at work. All right. God is always working in your life and other people's lives in ways that you may have no idea. The sound of life. Maybe your Monday is kind of like my Monday. I don't know. It's like it's early. It's very light out. I'm coming to work. I'm like, is it? Am I okay? Am I got the right time? I looked at my watch like 18 times coming to work. I'm like, wow, okay. And, uh, you know, just kind of thinking, maybe I could use, like, an extra day off. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Sometimes you feel like that, right? Oh, man, oh, man. Thinking about truths of the Bible and people and stuff like that, you know. Thinking about the, the little old lady who came up to the bank teller window and wanted to take out $10. And they said, well, anything under 100 you got to do at the ATM machine. And she's like, no, nah, I'm not doing a machine. I just want $10 right here. <laughs> they were like, uh, no, you got to go outside. You got to do the ATM machine. She said, how much money I got in this bank? And lady looked it up. She said, well, you have $300,000 in this bank. Really? Okay. I want to take that out. <laughs> and the teller said, well, <clears throat> you can. But uh, right now, we only have $3,000 to be able to give to you in cash right now. Okay, I'll take that. Okay, give me a couple of minutes. Got the $3,000, right? Gave her $3,000. She said, here. Uh, she gave her back $2,990. She said, here. I want to keep the $10. I want to deposit the $2,990. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. In this particular story that I'm about to relate, but I'll just tell you just a little bit of it here as we get right on to the cusp of Monday Mug Day, right? Your opportunity to win the one and only Cup of Joe Morning Show Travel Mug with a surprise inside is coming up in just a few minutes. Talking about today in history. And uh, D-Day was one of those big days in history. Of course, 1944, officially known as Operation Overlord. 400,000 Allied American, British, and Canadian troops hit the beaches of Normandy and German-occupied France. That was in 1944. But it was a few years before that, the Nazis were really trying to obliterate the London, England. And so the British soldiers said, well, we're going to mount an offensive. And they went over to the coast of France, German-occupied France, and they got in real trouble. And they put out a very simple message that basically came from a very small part of the scripture of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego 
about to be thrown in the fire. And they said, our God will save us. But even if he doesn't, we still will believe. And all they said in the message was, even if. But even if. That's all they said. And enough people knew the Bible that they knew they're in trouble. We have to go get them. And in 1940, George Kimber, a civil servant, asked for an extra day off for the weekend. And he said, his boss said, well, sure, you can have an extra day off. He came back with a suntan. And his boss asked whether he had been sunbathing in Hyde Park. No, sir, Kimber said. I've been with my small sailing boat to rescue survivors from the beaches of Dunkirk. That's a British thing right there. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Oh, you look like a man who could use more coffee. The Sound of Life. Here we go. the first person with the correct answer on the Cup of Joe hotline, which is toll-free, 800-946-1765. Don't call right now. Can't answer it. <laughs> okay. With the correct answer, you win the one and only Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mug with a surprise inside. So if you don't have one, it's a great opportunity to win one because it's a pretty easy question, I think. And it has to do with today in history. In 1844, on this day, June the 6th, the YMCA was founded in London, England. What does YMCA stand for? That's all you got to do is tell me right now. That's as easy as it is. Tell me right now. The Cup of Joe hotline is open. The Cup of Joe hotline is open. Your daily dose of encouragement. I've got a smile on my face and a twinkle in my eye. The Cup of Joe morning show. The sound of life. Monday, Monday. How about that? It's 727. Beautiful day. If you're just rising and shining, it might be a little bit too late. Let's go to the Cup of Joe Morning Show hotline and see if anybody wants my mug. Good morning. Who's this? This is Debbie. Hey, Debbie. Hope you're doing well. You're doing pretty good. We can use a cup of Joe this morning, I'll tell you. I'm telling you, I could, too. Maybe the, maybe I'll put a little cup of Joe in it. Maybe it'll be okay yeah. by the time it gets to you. Okay. <laughs> well, Thank you very much, for the mug, YMCA was founded on this day in London. What does YMCA stand for? Young Men's Christian Association. Boom! You got it. Yes, you know that. Congratulations. All righty. Beautiful. They used to ask me who started it, and I was like, oh, I can't remember his name. Stevenson, somebody. But, yeah, thank you so much. You get extra credit just for that. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. Anything for extra credit you get right now. I'm not even sure you can say Young Men's Christian Association anymore in there. <laughs> Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I stopped doing the standing and the walking and the... Words putting into sentence doing the sound of life. A lot of people were shocked. Well, you're always shocked when somebody dies in their sleep, right? In other words, it's like they weren't ill or anything, nothing happened. I mean, you know, it's like, wow, very unexplainable. What in the world happened? They, they just died. <laughs> That's kind of the way it is. And a lot of people were with an actor that turned out to be a pretty lovable guy, and he was very famous from a movie that was a brutal movie about the mafia, really, and centered around New Jersey and New York City and stuff like that. But he was also in, it was called Goodfellas, yeah. It was also in Field of Dreams. You know what I'm talking about? He wasn't that old, 67 years old, uh, Ray Liotta, and he just died in his sleep. He was in the Dominican Republic working on a movie and just didn't wake up. Um, and that's kind of the way it is. But here's the thing. Um he uh, he found out, and and he did an interview with People Magazine last year, talking about how he was angry for a long time. He said, "At first, I didn't understand how a parent could give up a child, so I had that kind of energy, just being like, you know, I was just fed up." And then finally met my birth mom in my forties. By then, I wasn't angry about it. It was just another journey. 
He was born in New Jersey, adopted in 1955 when he was six months old. In 2000, he wanted to find his biological family, and he found more than he expected. He said, I found my birth mother and found out I have a half-brother, five half-sisters, and a full sister that I didn't know about until 15 years ago. It's amazing. And so at the time, you know, there were closed adoptions. And that was the status quo. Children living with no contact uh, with their biological families. And there was no idea of their own heritage or family history. So records were often sealed. Adoption authorities believed that was the best way for children to fully integrate with their adoptive families. Today, it is better understood that closed adoptions can cause immense trauma for both the child and the biological family. And open adoptions are slowly becoming more preferred. Uh, in those scenarios, the adoptive family raises the child full-time. The biological family remains an important part of the child's life. So by the time that Ray Liotta found his biological family, he had made peace with the situation and was no longer angry. He said, after years, you grow up and you just see the pattern of things. I've definitely developed more patience. Now I'm grateful for my health and being born. Grateful for being born, for my parents that adopted me. I mean, it could have gone a lot of different ways. So just thought that was an interesting little side note on a person that we probably don't know a lot about, but a lot of people thought he was a pretty cool guy. Anyway. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Boy, what a great opportunity it is for you to hear part of my conversation that I had with a pastor who's written a book. I think this is his third book. It's called The Grace Message. Is the gospel really this good? I love that. And he has kind of partnered up with Bart Millard of Mercy Me. You see a lot of his books, all of his books actually, have a forward by Bart Millard in there. And uh, it's kind of a long story about how they got together. Um, they're both from Texas, but or live in Texas. But, you know, as he said... Well, Bart's gone all the time, so he can't be a member of my church. But anyway, Andrew Farley, you may have heard of him. He's all over social media now. They're getting the word out and stuff. It's going to be based out of Dallas. And this book right here, I've got five copies of, okay? And so you will be participating in getting one of those, I'm sure. Uh, you can get them anywhere that books are around. It's called... The Grace Message. That is it by Andrew Farley. And had an opportunity to talk to Andrew Farley. It was a great pleasure. Uh, yes. Pastor of the Grace Message Church there in Texas. And um, really one of the first things people need to know about you is you were pretty young. And you kind of went through a crisis of faith, if you will. Right, yeah. I mean, I was 19 years old and found myself on the floor of my apartment. And I was begging God for answers. I was saying, God, uh, yeah, I'm doing everything the church world says to do. I'm reading my Bible three and four hours a day. I'm I'm in church every time the doors are open. I'm uh, sharing my faith with everybody that I meet, and yet I still don't feel closer to you. I, I don't feel like I'm growing spiritually. So where did I go wrong? And man, it was not a lightning bolt out of heaven. It was more like uh, 10 years of replacing wow. old thoughts with new thoughts. And, and at the center of that was God's grace. And so that's why I wrote the grace message to, to really rescue people the same way that to God used the scriptures to rescue me. Well, man, it is loaded. And I'm glad you said it took you a while because it, it, it is a lot to get into you because you've been so trained and you're around people who believe that too. They kind of reinforce that thing like, well, you know, wonder you've missed so many church meetings, you know, uh, no wonder you're not going to get that new job. I mean, you know, and so that keeps messing with your head, you know, all the time. Yeah, so it takes start, a while. We start playing Christian karma and, uh, you know, God's going to get you. And uh, we, we're looking for the love of God in all the wrong places and trying to connect the dots and say, well, you know, my dog died or I lost my Ooh. spouse or I lost my job. Therefore, God's trying to teach me a lesson and he's trying to you know, tell me something about myself, and, and we keep looking 
to our circumstances when the Bible actually says, hey, you want to find the love of God, uh, look to the death of Jesus, look to the resurrection, look to God's presence inside of you. Uh, if you want to know the Father, look to the Son. A little bit of Andrew Farley, the pastor of the Grace Message Church, and also the recent author of the Grace Message. Could be yours. All you got to do is shoot me an email. It would be studio at soundoflife.org. Studio at soundoflife.org. And just put, uh, man, I want the Grace book. You don't even have to say that. Just put the Grace book. Just put the book. And I'll understand what you're talking about, and I'll have a drawing at the end of the week. I've got five of these. And uh, in the meantime, you go get out there and get it yourself if you want. The grace message, is the gospel really this good? Mm, yeah. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The Sound of Life. Welcome to Cup of Joe Morning Show. And, well, we might as well keep on with our reunion story theme today. Kind of, right? Two sisters. Michelle was the one who went to foster care and later adopted. Her sister, Trish, remained with their father, Trish's birth mother. Three years ago, Michelle decided it was time she discovered where she came from and signed up with Ancestry.com. There's a lot of that going on. And it's it's a good thing. I think there's a lot of reconciliation, a lot of finding out and completion of the story. That's where it is. Now, the thing is, they share the same father. They are the same age. And they have lived in the same city for over 30 years. <laughs> Yet each sister was unaware of the other's existence, having been born to different mothers, separated through unfortunate circumstances 51 years ago. They've reunited recently, however, after a DNA test. It's absolutely spooky how much they have in common. And I don't use that word lightly, but it is kind of spooky. Okay, get this. Their kids graduated on the same day from the identical high school in the same city, each sister attended the graduation shooting videos of the ceremony, but from different angles. Absolutely incredible. They uh, So she went on Ancestry.com, the one sister that didn't know anything about her family. To her surprise, she received a message from a woman named Trish asking to meet her for coffee. And uh, they immediately recognized each other. I mean, as soon as they saw each other, they said it was like looking at a ghost. The blue eyes, the hair, everything. So I couldn't stop staring at her. <laughs> like, you're definitely my sister for sure, 1,000%. They spent hours sipping and chatting about their lives, trying to catch up on lost decades. They were amazed not only by the fact that their sons were the same age and walking the same school hallways, but they both had a background in real estate. Trish had enrolled in real estate school and had not yet received her certification. Michelle was something of a, she was a legend kind of in their city. So naturally they teamed up. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, and so they, they share the career passion. They made it kind of obvious to team up right there. And it was they call it Sister Selling Vegas because that's where they live in Las Vegas. It was, it was amazing. Uh, it, they said it was just absolutely incredible. Uh, it, it, you know, and the thing that's amazing is that I really needed someone who likes to work and cater to clients and all this stuff. They were just made for each other, which kind of makes sense, right? Just kind of makes sense. And they, they have been a very big success since they have been together and all that stuff. And she said, you know what? I always wanted a sister. It's kind of amazing. So, uh, you know, continuing with the 51 years and with the same age son graduating on the same stage. There they are, sisters in the same place. Boy, I just got to have a sense of humor sometimes. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Have some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. The Sound of Life. You know, today is National Chocolate Ice Cream Day. Just in case you wanted to bring some home. It'd be really cool if you were in the store shopping and somebody said, Hey, here's some chocolate ice cream for free for you. That'd be really cool. But this little girl came up to Josh 
in the store, and she handed him a fuzzy ball. <laughs> and she, he said, did you find this on the floor? Is it yours? And she said, no, it's yours. Oh, no, I didn't drop it. No, I'm giving out warm fuzzies to everyone today to make their day better. What? Looking over at mom, just beaming, and later I said, you must be very, very proud of her, right? Oh, you've got to admit, that is pretty neat. Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. Very exciting. I got to tell you, maybe you've heard a little bit about this, but I, I saw the headline. It says, mother-to-be will give birth to son twice to save his life. And I'm trying to wrap my head around that, and I thought, well, I've never been a mom and never will be, and, you know, I, I, I have no idea. But Jaden gave birth to her baby, and she's about to do it all over again. Let me explain. She has a 19-week-old son named Levi. He's 19 gestation okay so he's still in mom and the doctor found out something really bad news they had to tell this 23 year old soon to be mom that had spina bifida he had a real big problem right back there and there was nothing they could do they said nothing they could do and uh they said well we're not ending this pregnancy so with that off the table what what's next what are they going to do they found out about this modern medical Miracle, if you will, it's called fetal surgeries. There's like 12 hospitals in the United States that do it, and they happen to live near one of them in Orlando, the Winnie Palmer Hospital in Orlando. So she went there. What they do, okay, ready? They do a cesarean section. They break the mother's water, successfully repair a large legion on the baby's L2 vertebrae on his lower back, reposition the baby inside the womb and place her on bed rest and she will give birth officially at 37 weeks in the month of July. And it's going to happen. Things are looking really good. The baby is moving in such a way that the doctors don't think there's a problem. Oh man, oh man. Wow. Talk about going from, I mean, the worst possible news to like, this is amazing. And, um, The mom said, you know, I want to credit God for his goodness in the life of my soon-to-be-born baby. Now, a lot of people would say, that's pure science. That's all science in there and stuff. And then people see God in it. I guess you just have to be one of those that see God in all that has to transpire for that to happen. And the mom said, I want him to know that God is on his side, and we want him to know that too. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The Sound of Life. want to bring in here, had an opportunity to spend a little time with Pastor Andrew Farley. And you may have heard of him and you may not have heard of him. He has a book out called The Grace Message. Is the gospel really this good? And it's forwarded by Bart Millard of Mercy Me, who forwards all of his books. Um, and you could win it. Okay, I'll tell you about that. Coming up right now, here's Andrew Farley. Right here. He does a nightly program, weeknight program, call-in program. I said, I think it's fantastic. And you can see those uh, recorded because you can just subscribe. You can go on. He's on all the social media outlets and stuff. But during the evenings on some radio stations, especially around Albany, you can hear him live. Do it live. Oh, boy, is that something? Taking uh, people's uh, questions about spiritual things. And I think it's great. And I said, you know... Pastor Andrew, I've been using those some of those as um, devotions around here and stuff, and you get some interesting looks from time to time when people answer questions that you have. Yeah, I, I think what I'm doing is I'm saying that the cross actually worked, that <laughs> yeah. the resurrection was effective. I'm saying, hey, Christian, you're forgiven, and it's amazing how, how people have missed this. I, I think we're being highly entertained in church, uh, we've got smoke rolling out on stage. We've got the Harley Davidson driving up the center aisle. We've got all kinds of bells and whistles in in our mega church, so to speak. And then we're missing the message. We got a bunch of Christians who don't know how forgiven they are. They're still wondering if they're going to have to answer for their sins. They're still wondering if 
all of their sins are forgiven, or maybe they haven't asked forgiveness enough. Mm. Maybe they've left some out. Maybe they'll be judged for their sins. Uh, they're wondering about rewards, and, you know, are they going to miss out on rewards? Uh, they're wondering about falling out of the will of God. Um, you know, again and again, we keep hearing all of this uh, bad teaching, and because it's uh, coupled with some entertaining analogies and and a lot of technology, we just sort of uh, soak it in, and at the end of the day, it's not the truth that sets us free. And, you know, we really need a heavy dose of God's grace, and that's what the grace message is all about. There you go. It's called the grace message. That is a paperback book. Is the gospel really this good? And um, you can get it anywhere books are sold. Highly recommend it. And I've got five of these. Thank you very much. And so at the end of the week, we're going to have a drawing of all the people who have sent me an email to studio at soundoflife.org. And I'm going to shuffle them all up there and get five winners. So there you go. But in the meantime, you're welcome to go get your your very own copy right there, The Grace Message by Pastor Andrew Farley. Here you go this morning. The Sound of Life. Well, it is back having fun with cheese. It's back. You may want to get in on this. This small village in England named Brockworth is bracing for an influx of visitors, they'll be celebrating the return of an unusual and infamously dangerous tradition. Can't imagine running down a hill chasing a 70-pound, well, I don't know how much it was, <laughs> pound the roll of cheese would be dangerous. Sounds like a lot of fun to me. Cooper's Hill Cheese Rolling Race. It is back. It's an annual event. It returns on Sunday. The cheese chases, of course, were canceled during the COVID thing. And so you're getting ready to, to run. Now, this is quite arduous, right? It's a nine-pound wheel of double Gloucester cheese. As we all know, that double Gloucester, boy, that is something else. That's about 625 feet down a hill. That's a long ways, man. That is no small feat. So you have to start chasing it down the hill. They should, well, anyway, they should do a lot of things. But uh, it's it's famous for its steep hill. The winner, by the way, in case you're wondering, is either the first person to catch the cheese or more frequently, I would imagine, the first person just to reach the finish line after the wheel, which has been known to reach speeds of up to 70 miles an hour. Hey, hey Rolf. When chases Jesus down the hill. I'm sure that's how the whole thing got started. The winner, by the way, I mean, you get to keep the cheese. You can't be Any town that could dream up a hoax like this has a sense of humor that I wouldn't try to compete Mercy. with. Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. So I was very taken by this... Uh, Young girl, 11-year-old girl. She's Turkish. She's uh, a shepherd girl. 11. Okay. Girl. She's out in quite the snowstorm. I'm looking at a photograph of her, and I'm thinking, how in the world did they get a photograph of that? It's not a selfie. Don't, no, don't go there. No doubt about that. She's got her hands full there. She's not thinking about that. She has a goat that had a little goat. And they can't uh, travel. And so she put the big goat in her backpack. And the little goat is in some type of a satchel on her dog. And they are making their way through what we would describe as a blizzard. I mean, it's well over her knees high. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not quite to her waist. Somewhere in there. That's a lot of snow on the ground right there. And they're making their way through it, and she safely got them back. But I was thinking, you know, she did what she had to do, didn't she, kids? See, that's the whole difference right there. Your kids give you a hard time about cleaning up. You know, they got chores they got to do. They whine. Stuff like that. But you know what? If they found themselves in that situation and that big of responsibility for animals, which are very important to the family... They would do that, too. Kind of like me on the side of the road with a flat tire and no cell phone. You know, I got to do it. There's, I don't have any choice. 
I, I, right? I've got to do it. I can't just sit there and cry. I guess that would be kind of a choice, but you can't do it. And a lot of times we're in situations like that. So kudos to those of you who find yourself in a situation where, you know what? I got to do this. That's what I'm going to do. God help you today. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. So my favorite ice cream is vanilla, which is the all-time favorite ice cream. Uh, It is National Chocolate Ice Cream Day, but don't let that stop you. I mean, you know, vanilla's right there. Kind of remind me of a letter that they got at General Motors one time. It's a true story. Um, and nobody wanted to touch it, really. So this letter comes in. This guy bought a new Pontiac. This is back in the day when you had big carburetors. You know, this is just dump fuel in there like crazy. Four-barrel carburetors, kids. It was just, it was sickening, you know, just by the tons. Of gas and a powerful engine and all that kind of stuff. Firebird, he had. So he said, every Saturday evening, the family loads up the car and they go out to get ice cream. We go to the same store every every weekend, every Saturday evening, right? And each of us gets to pick our favorite flavor. So if we want chocolate... We go get chocolate. If we want vanilla, we get vanilla. If it happens to be butter pecan, then we go get butter pecan. And we come back to us. All we do is get ice cream. We pay for it. We come out of the store, get in the car, and come home. The only problem with the car is that if we pick vanilla, it won't start. (laughs) The car will not start. None of the engineers at the Pontiac division of General Motors wanted to touch this letter. Some of them, I'm sure, thought it was a prank. Others were like, I don't know. I do not understand it. I want you to be able to tell me why. I want to see if you can figure it out. The smartest people in the plan- on the planet can figure out why the car would not start if they picked vanilla ice cream. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Look, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. The sound of life. We're really having a hard time with deciding really what used to be some basic things like what's a fish and what's a bee. I wondered why some people were making fun of that. I've seen some cartoons and things that were kind of making fun of it. Now I know why. Because a ruling by California Appeals Court had the unusual effect of classifying bees as fish. Only in California. You know, that's the first thing you think of, isn't it? It's like, well, okay, there it is right there. Man, oh, man. I mean, I kind of see what happened because it's an endangered species law. And this whole thing began back in 2019. The California Fish and Game Commission classified bumblebees as endangered an agricultural group successfully appealed to the county superior court following year to have the insects removed. And then groups argued that the bees could not be listed as endangered under the umbrella of invertebrates because California's endangered species law of the 70s, 1970s, explicitly defines invertebrates, animals without backbones. I quote, fish, okay? So the 3rd District California Court of Appeals in Sacramento has now overturned the earlier decision returning bees to the state's endangered species list. What did I just say? Any town that could dream up a hoax like this has a sense of humor that I wouldn't try to compete with. The Sound of Life. I just, you know, I see tons of stuff in front of me, and this was from HR, you know, and what's the big thing you learn from human resources and working and stuff? And they said, when people get fired, they're totally surprised. That's one of the things that is very common. What? And they're very surprised about that. And he was going on to say that, well, maybe you ought to treat your work job, you know, your job as like one mistake away from being fired. So people get complacent, right? They don't realize they're, they're spending too much time watching YouTube at work and things like that and stuff. So, and then it, it went on to say about his marriage and things like that. And I thought, see, that's typical. And maybe that's true in the workplace. 
But we kind of carry that over to our relationship with God. And we kind of think, I mean, I think we have a tendency to. We kind of think, well, oh, man, I mean, I'm mean, i one mistake away, man. I mean, God will be done with me, you know, and things like that. And we kind of, we kind of do that. And that's why the book, The Grace Message, is the, craw, is the uh, gospel really this good? It's written by a pastor, Dr. Andrew Farley. It is forwarded by Bart Millard of Mercy Me. And all this week, we're talking to Andrew Farley. Well, I'm talking to him. You're listening. And I give you an opportunity to win one of five copies by just simply emailing studio at soundoflife.org and just say, I'd like the book. You know, I'd like that book. That's all I got to do. And I'll be in a drawing on Friday. That'll be it right now. But here, I just wanted to bring in Dr. Farley. Thank you very much. About all of this confusion and things like this. I mean, right? we've got some crazy belief systems out there, and then the finished work of Christ comes in and shines light on all of that, and God just says, you're forgiven, and I'm keeping no record of your wrongs, and I'll never leave you, and you're united with me forever, and that's the true gospel message. That is a hard thing to get in you, a humanly nature, I think, because we just love doing checks checking off this and this you know there's something about our fallen nature i think and we just kind of we, we it's hard for us to let it go to do nothing you know? right yeah i mean you know you go to school and they give you good grades when you work hard. right you go to go to work and they give you a promotion when you work hard and so we grow up in this culture of earning and achieving and we think it's about trying but the gospel is about trusting and we think it's about what we're doing uh, but God says it's about what he's done. And so this is counterintuitive. It turns religion on its ear, and suddenly we're fixing our eyes on Jesus mm. instead of our own efforts. Good stuff. As Dr. Andrew Farley wrote, the grace message is the gospel really this good, and you can have a copy of it wherever books are sold. Or what I would do first is shoot me an email and say, I want that book studio at soundoflife.org and be listening for the drawing on Friday. Coming up, maybe you win. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Scouring the the newspapers and, you know, social media and all that stuff for the oddest stories I could possibly find. And I've heard of people who do things like not carry their cell phone around with them. They basically carry a, a, a laptop. And then when they're on their lunch break, they check their emails, right? Or they check messages, and that's when they correspond and stuff. I think that's a pretty good idea. God bless you if you can limit yourself to that, you know, rather than like every 10 seconds. Wait a minute, pulling out the phone and stuff. But this couple has got to take the cake. I mean, so to speak, although the cake has to be made in the 1930s, if they're going to have it, Lisa had the idea to her husband, Neil, they have ditched modern life, it says, and they live like it's the 1930s, all right? Such as paying cash, they make all their phone calls on a landline, they watch black and white TV, which I thought, 1930s? I'm thinking radio was pretty big in the 1930s. My dad was listening to the radio when Pearl Harbor was announced, that was, of course, in the 40s, you know. But I'm just saying, okay, it's all right. They own a refrigerator from the 1930s. Wow. Okay, they drive a car that's almost 100 years old. That's that's getting out there. That's going, I'm telling you. They listen to music on gramophones. They had wardrobes bursting full of 1930s fashion. Lisa came up with the idea. And she, she convinced Neil, obviously, to go along with it. And, uh, you know, they get a lot of funny looks, which they probably enjoy. And then they get to explain why they're doing that, you know. And they said they would never go back to modern-day living. Lisa even prefers to do the washing by hand. Now, kids, I'm not, I mean, that's fine if you want to do that. 
But last week when I had that root canal, I was certainly glad I had that modern 2022 anesthetic put in me. I'll tell you that right now. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Might as well get up and do something. The Sound of Life. First of all, I'm Joe, and today on the 8th is National Best Friends Day. Oh, the BFF. Yes, BFF Day. So quite an appropriate story here about a high schooler. You hear about the high schooler signed up to sixth graders yearbook after they, they uh, well, his name is Brody. And uh, he goes to a charter school and he got his yearbook and he was all excited to get the signatures, right? That's the whole thing of getting a yearbook because you just get it all signed up. And uh, he started feeling very useless because everybody, I can't believe this, nobody signed his yearbook. Everybody refused to sign his yearbook. And he felt useless, and he wrote a yearbook note to himself that said, Hope you make some more friends, Brody Ryder. And, of course, as a mom, you know good and well, that broke your heart right there. So she snapped a photograph of it and posted it to Facebook group for parents at school. And the post made its way to three upperclassmen. God bless Simone, Logan, and Joanna, they spent hours discussing the issue and brainstorming ways to help. There are people that care. Mm -hmm. And so the trio rounded up as many students as possible, and they all signed Brody's yearbook, even though none of them had never met that middle schooler. That's what BFF really means, right? I mean, come on. Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. Today is uh, Best Friends Day. BFF Day. Yeah. Looking for BFF stories. Let me know. Hotline is 800-946-1765. Age two. Two years old. Uh, You look at a photograph of cutest little two-year-old. Montana Brown. The bad news is she got diagnosed with a rare type of childhood cancer. And when your doctor says, well, it's a very rare cancer, that's like all the words that you don't want to hear. She did go undergo chemotherapy. She spent a year in a hospital in Georgia. Now, fast forward, aren't you glad? 20 years later, a little bit different photograph of Montana Brown. She's there with uh, her name tag, and underneath it says nurse. She graduated as a nurse, and she started working her dream job in the very same building she beat cancer in. Isn't that cool? What a way to pay it forward. May God continue to bless you, Montana, and the little ones in your care. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Might as well get up and do something. The Sound of Life. I came across this goodhousekeeping.com website, and lo and behold, it has gift ideas for Father's Day. And some of these are pretty cool. You know, you always got those. They always show up, right? You know, Mother's Day, Father's Day gift ideas, the same same old stuff, right? They got some pretty cool stuff on here. I was looking. I was very surprised. A little surprised at how expensive the nut gift basket is, though. Assorted nuts. I am an absolute fiend. You don't know every day I say, thank you, Lord, that I'm not allergic to nuts. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It would be amazing. But anyway, I digress. Things like a magnetic wristband, which may not be... You may be thinking, what are you talking about? A wristband that's magnetic. Yes. For guys that have to, you know, you want to put a few screws somewhere or your your drill bit, you know, your, your Phillips head and your slot little drill bit thing and stuff like that. You can just stick it right to your wristband. Pretty clever, huh? When you see it, you'll be like, oh, really cool. A lot of neat stuff. There's the usual wallet. You know, somebody's got to always redesign the wallet or the the barbecue grill set, something like that. You know, there's even a, a uh, sandwich maker for breakfast, which I don't know if guys would be interested in that or not. I, I mean, it depends. 
obviously, but the price is right. I mean, you know, 30 ish under that, maybe something like that in five minutes. You make yourself, uh, what is it? You get bacon. See, I can't buy them because I'm allergic to the bread, but you get the, you get the bread and the, the bacon and an egg and all that kind of stuff that goes with it. Really pretty cool right there. And there's beef jerky, you know, and stuff. But one thing that got me that I thought this was pretty cool, and you might want to check it out. And I posted the link. It's a goodhousekeeping.com whatever part of part of their website it's this uh, barbecue grill cleaner okay not what you're thinking it's not a brush it's a thing that fits on your keys right it's a very small super handy dandy gift for dad who loves to grill it's a tiny tool okay but it's made to clean it's in instead of that wire brush it's made to clean the grill it's called the great grill scraper and the really cool thing is, it's made out of brass. Now that's what I'm, that's talking, what I'm about. talking about. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You might as well get up, do something. The sound of life. The promise of sunshine is always good on a morning like this. Oh, be careful this morning. We're going to get through this. Yes, we may have some stories to tell, but we're going to get through this, right? <laughs> okay. Good morning, Cup of Joe Morning Joe Online. Who's this? Good morning, Joe. I listen to your show every morning on my way to work. Thank you. And I just wanted to let you know that... The M in STEM is for math. Oh, oh. Um, I have three kids that have gone through uh, the STEM uh, focus concentration in school. So I just wanted to let you know that. I think you said mechanical. Um, but just going forward, STEM, uh, the M is for math. <laughs> um, these bright kids, I'm telling you. Mm. Awesome. Anyway, yeah. you have a great day. God bless you, Joe. You do such a wonderful job. Uh, as does the sound of life in general. The blessing to all of the communities. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Oh, you're a smooth talker. You are. You are. The sound of life. Well, it happened again. I thought I'd report it in to you because, you know, these findings are kind of exciting, actually, when you find them. It's just amazing. You would think that everything that was just lost in the world would have been discovered by now. But nope. It's, it's like... Creatures in the bottom of the ocean. We don't know what's there. <laughs> and I'm not going to be the one go looking for them. But this one is kind of interesting. It uh, was hanging above a bed in Enfield, North London for decades. Just inconspicuously hanging there, which is fine. Must have been quite a painting, if it's the, the, from what I understand. The owner inherited it from her father over 30 years ago. It is the work of a 15th century Italian master, and it's been rediscovered and auctioned off. It is the depiction of the Madonna and Child by Filipino Lippi. And it was auctioned off in euros, I guess, or pounds. I don't know what they use anymore. I guess England is back to pounds, right? Anyway, it's uh, American dollars. It's over $400,000. That's what was hanging over a bed for years and years and years. Just hanging there, which is fine. It's okay. It's all right. I was just thinking about the money. I thought, man, you could you could fill up your diesel pickup truck with money like that. I mean, you really could, couldn't you? <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. I want you to find out. we got to get some expert help right here because gardening going full speed ahead. And um, let's kind of get some advice from somebody that I know that's uh, getting pretty good at gardening. I mean, she watches videos and everything, all right? So <laughs> get a hold of Connie right now. Connie, you are planting. I know you've planted flowers for years, but now you've got a lot of vegetables going on, right? Yes, I've got more vegetables than I thought I could fit into the space. <laughs> I've got kale and I've got potatoes and tomatoes and beans and peas and more than that even. <laughs> wow. Tomato did you mention tomatoes? Yeah, lots of tomatoes. No oh, tomatoes. So now the big problem, because I know from talking to people and from personal experience is well, a couple twofold. Like, one is, how do you keep the insects off of them, right? Is that a problem? Yeah, it can be a problem. Um, there's a couple of things I've learned is there's some organic sprays that you can use um, that won't hurt you. Really? Or, uh, but it, it's a problem if you 
spray it. And you want bees to be pollinators near your stuff. So right. You don't want to spray it during the day when the bees might still be around because it will harm them. But so you have to do it kind of later at night if you put this organic spray on. The other thing is there are two plants that are natural aphid attractors, apparently. Whoa, 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 whoa. Back, whoa, 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 whoa. Aphid attractors? Yeah, they like, they go for, I mean, the plants, aphids go for them. So one is Brussels sprouts. So you could just, <laughs> even if you don't like to eat Brussels sprouts, <laughs> Who does? plant them nearby. <laughs> and then um, and then they the aphids will just go over for the Brussels sprouts and leave your other things alone. Oh, that's clever. It, yeah. Oh, and then there's a flower called calendula. And same thing with that. So I planted a bunch of calendula around my my garden, but it's still very tiny, so there's no flowers on it yet. But so anyway, you I go think it's when they have flowers that it, it attracts the aphids. I have you, no idea, though. You go, like, to the nursery and you say you want what? Calendula? What? Calendula. Calendula. C-A-L-E-N-D-U-L-A. And yeah. they'll know right what you're talking about. I guess they will. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life talking about uh, the book from Andrew Farley called The Grace Message. Is the gospel really this good? You could get a copy of that. I have five copies. So if there are more than five people that want one, we're going to have to, you know, like do something about that. So what you do is send me an email that say you want one of those and coming up Friday, that's tomorrow. I'll be, uh, I'll draw five names of people who will get them. It's easy to get. You can get the Grace Message by Andrew Farley anywhere books are sold. Just shoot me an email, studio at soundoflife.org. And so to bring in the head of the Grace Message, what is he, the head of the church there? He's president of the Grace Message, lead pastor of the Grace Church in Dallas, author of eight best-selling books. I thought it was like three, eight of them. This is the latest. Uh, right here, and he's got the call-in program weeknights where he answers questions. It's really pretty cool. Pastor Andrew Farley right here. We come to a morning show. One of the things we issue uh, deal with, I think, is the fact that, of course, the Bible says if you repent, uh, God is faithful to forgive your sins. Do you repent, like, every day, twice a day, things like that, right? Right, yeah. So, so repentance, you know, turning away from sin, of course, that's healthy and that's good, but it doesn't make us more forgiven, and it also doesn't make us closer to God. I think we have to deal with those two things. Uh, Hebrews 10, verse 14 says that by one sacrifice, uh, we've been made perfectly forgiven forever, for all time, it says. So Christians are not being forgiven progressively. Uh, Mm. This is not like paying off your car or paying off your house. Jesus paid it all. I mean, we sing all this stuff. We say, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe, and then five minutes later we're trying to pay it off when he already paid it. Uh, So either we're forgiven or we're not. Nobody on this planet is partially forgiven. You're either in Christ 100% forgiven or you're in Adam 0% forgiven, but there's no middle ground. Nobody is 50% forgiven. And when it comes to being close to God, I mean, how much closer can you get? Uh, he said, I want you to have this vine branches relationship, mm. you and me and I and you. And First Corinthians says that we're one spirit with the Lord. And so that's as close as a person can get. You're united with Christ forever. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You're as funny as a cry for help. The sound of life. I was thinking about my... My sea turtle, that's an amazing, amazing video. If you haven't seen that video, you got to watch it. And I would not lead you astray. The kids can watch it and everything, but it's uh, it's nature basically at its finest. You would never think, would you, just a beautiful little sea turtle meandering along. Dude, the water's so good today, right? And a tiger shark looking for a meal. You would think it would be a no-brainer. <laughs> Gone. Not, oh, no. Oh, no. You fighting that thing off like fighting off temptation. It's really cool. Reminds me of the story of a 17-year-old, Stephen, who was driving along a country road when his truck suddenly malfunctioned, flipped, rolled, and threw him and twisted remains, flipped over several times. Basically, when the first responders got there, the goal was to keep this boy alive long enough 
for him to say goodbye to his parents. Can you imagine that? That was the goal. A lot like the turtle in the jaws of a shark. It's amazing. It looked like death or at least a very different future life for this teenager. No way of knowing if or how much he would recover. He had a brain injury. And the thing is said, all the medical experts said, you never can predict it. That's the thing, right? After being hospitalized, he tried to take out his breathing tube. And so they took it out and he started breathing on his own. And then he was getting up and then he was standing up and then he was walking around the room. And his mom's like, it's been one miracle after another. What exciting to see that, to go from that tragedy to see these miracles and see God work. And it's pretty amazing. Uh, He went back to the hospital uh, on the National Trauma Survivors Day back in the middle of May just to thank this dedicated team for their work and celebrate, which I thought was a pretty big deal. To go back, remember that's a biblical thing about how many people go back <laughs> to thank God. Thank you, Jesus, for healing me. Appreciate that. Uh, by the way, he has walked his graduation is a blessing the family does not take for granted. And he said, you never know, you know, when you when the day is going to be your last day. I don't take any of them for granted. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Maybe you can relate to this. This happened in Atlanta, but it happens probably are happening right now. Down the road, police officer pulling somebody over. There's a woman, okay, just saying. Police officer said, do you know why I pulled you over? I have no idea. Ma'am, you were texting while driving. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not. It's not a text. It's an email. As she held up her phone. (laughs) The officer must have spent the next five minutes kind of laughing, except it's not funny. I mean, that the law is basically what? To prevent distracted driving. So many things in a car nowadays distract driving, and I'm one of them, right? Distracting your driving right now, right? Doesn't matter what you're doing. It's interesting because Jesus had the same thing happen to him, and he was fussing at the religious leaders pretty good. When he was as a rabbi, you know, preaching and stuff, because basically they were finding more. They they spent most of their time trying to find loopholes in the law. We do that, don't we? That's human nature, right? We spend, I think about this all the time. Somebody talks about there's a law coming out. And I think right away, how many people are, how many, rather lawyers, (laughs) how many lawyers are on this right away looking for loopholes, right? It's, that's not the idea, right? Honor your father and your mother, right? They, the wealthy leaders of the day were neglecting their families. They just declared their money as devoted to God, right? And to help their mom and dad in their old age. And they, they weren't honoring God. They were dishonoring their parents. Anyway, I don't want to get into all that, but you kind of see where I'm going with that. We, we, we deceive ourselves. We really do. So, Father God, we need your wise discernment today. Rescue us from our denial of our own guilt. Help us live in step with your spirit. Amen. You do it. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Looking at the book, The Grace Message. Talking about that this week. Actually, the author, Andrew Farley, has been talking about it. Is the gospel really this good? Sometimes you're in church and you may be thinking, you know, you kind of, come under conviction or thing. I mean, nothing wrong with that. No, I, I got to stop pretending. Never mind. I just wanted him to tell you about it. All right. And then coming up in a couple of minutes, we're going to pick uh, who gets the five books. Bart Miller uh, of Mercy Me talking about him. He's giving accolades about Pastor Farley. I can tell you that he's president of Grace Message, lead pastor of the Grace Church in Dallas. You know, the books that he's written and stuff that he has a radio program on, which I think is pretty cool. It's live. They take calling questions five days a week. It's pretty cool. But I wanted him to kind of wrap up and tell you basically what it's all about, Pastor Andrew Farley. Thank you very much for being here. I think we have to get back to 2 Corinthians 3, which says that God has qualified us to minister one thing, and that is the new covenant. Uh, I'm not qualified to minister some sort of self-improvement program I'm not qualified to minister a guilt trip. I'm not qualified to minister law and grace mixed together. 
I am qualified to minister the new covenant. And I got to tell you, my friend, I mean, I was a believer for almost two decades, and I never heard a sermon on the new covenant and why it's so great and why it's better than the old covenant and why that's such a big deal. So that's why in this book, The Grace Message, I'm laying out the grace of God, Scripture by Scripture, so that every Christian can see this message and have boldness and clarity about it. It's called The Grace Message. You can get it anywhere books are sold. It's by Pastor Andrew Farley. Just to let you know, maybe you win it coming up in a couple minutes. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words putting into sentence doing the sound of life today's a big day in the annals of benjamin franklin history he created probably the one thing that a father would run after their child most likely a son i'm gonna go fly a kite like ben franklin in the thunderstorm (laughs) okay well today's the day that he did it june 10th in 1752 benjamin franklin flew the kite in a thunderstorm discovered electricity Well, not exactly, and he wasn't struck by lightning either, as you can possibly imagine, and he did a very dangerous thing, as it turned out. I think he kind of underestimated the potential of the lightning in the storm. He was trying to show the electrical nature of lightning. What he probably did was pick up the ambient electricity, the charge in the atmosphere, and it did actually come down his hemp wire, uh, you know, wetted by the rain. It would conduct an electrical charge to the silk string, kept dry because he was holding it. Uh, in the doorway of a shed, apparently. He had his son with him there. Everything was recorded and all that. And I guess he had a metal key there. And uh, it, 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 that's kind of the way it worked right there. Um, and he was supposed to collect, the, I guess he collected these positive charges in this kind of glass device that he had or something like that. This Leyden jar, Leyden jar, I think they, they call it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, this electric fire electricity, as he, he caused it. But um, not, I mean, very dangerous thing to do, of course, play with <laughs> a kite. Of course, originally he was going to go on top of the spire of the church building. Then he realized, wait a minute, I can fly a kite in it. He was a pretty smart guy. And one of the things that he actually did come out of this was the lightning rod, which are very common now, of course, and to stick on top of buildings, which, of course, attract the electricity before it can get to other things that it could damage. So, you know, Frank, you know Benjamin Franklin, he had to come up with something. But uh, going out and um, playing... Uh, with a kite and a, and a thunderstorm. No, what a dumb no. thing to yeah, do. Yeah. I bet you wouldn't have done anything like this if mom and dad were here. The sound of life. Hope you're enjoying the NBA playoffs. <laughs> it's always funny. I mean, but don't make fun of the NBA. The the I mean, the hockey, the Rangers haven't even gotten into the finals yet of the hockey. I mean, if they had it their way, they would just play all year round. I'm sure of that. It's just amazing. I don't know how those athletes do it. I'm sure it's all about the money. But that's neither here nor there. It's not the reason I'm talking about it. But the NBA is going on, and most teams are taking a break. There's only two NBA teams left. Celtics looking pretty good. A lot better than people thought, right, against the Warriors. But I digress. We got a new NBA coach. He was announced a couple of days ago, 48 years old, newly minted head coach, who I will say played in the NBA for eight years. He was an assistant coach with the Lakers. He was a five seasons and assistant in Atlanta, assistant coach for the Milwaukee Bucks. So he's been around the league, right? And he got announced as his name is Darvin Ham, 48 years old. He was announced as the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. And that is a pretty big deal. And you know what he said right away? First of all, Darvin said, I want to thank God. Coming from where I come from, I was raised in a household with strong spiritual faith, belief in God and his son, Jesus Christ. So I want to start with that. 
I'd love to have been there and seen the look on people's faces when he said that. Just loved it. He said, he went on, he said, everything I've been able to overcome in my life, along with people around me, it's been that spirit that was instilled in me as a youngster. And then he jokingly thanked the teams that passed on him. You can't beat that. Now that's what I'm talking about. The Sound of Life. Well, I found the photograph of the bear looking in the window. So I've been talking about that a little bit this morning. And it's quite daunting photograph. And it's from around here, believe it or not. Um, and it's a bear who's climbed a tree and he's looking basically at the second story window. And there's a terrier looking at him, you know, is in um, in uh, Patterson in the Hudson Valley. And it's a funny photograph, I would imagine, unless you're standing there taking the photograph and you're the one looking and your little puppy dog is looking at a bear who's pretty big up a tree looking in your window. And it's uh, it just kind of illustrating that, you know, there's bears around here a lot. And I've heard bear stories ever since I've been here. And they're funny if they don't happen to you. Uh, getting into the garbage is, is a whole nother thing, but uh, peeking into the second story window of a home is just uh, pretty amazing. But the whole thing is, I think I've got somebody with an answer right here on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Hotline. Good morning. Hi, I really enjoy Sound of Life Radio. Today they were talking about a bear and uh, not to wave at the bear or whatever, because one, I guess, came in somebody's house and there was a problem. They need to make a lot of noise, ah. bang pots and pans together, throw firecrackers out the door or whatever. <laughs> That'll cause him to run away and not want to come back. But, um, you know, you need to make a lot of noise. Okay, my father was a park ranger, so that's how I know about black bears. Anyway, this only pertains to black bears with loud noise. All right. Listener supported the sound of life. This is a big weekend in horse racing. Makes all the news here, mainly because it's in New York. Well, technically, the Belmont Stakes is in Elmont, New York, Long Island there. And it's one of those horse races, the Triple Crown, of course. And it's a really big deal. There's a bazillion people there and all this stuff. And we've watched it on TV for a long time. My daughter, very much into horses, studied equine studies in college and stuff. Got into some harness racing in Vernon, New Jersey, and then in Yonkers and things like that. And so, of course, we followed her around and stuff. And we were kind of... You know, we always wanted to go since it was close by, and every year it seemed like it would be Saturday. Oh, we missed it again. So a couple of years ago, before the pandemic, my wife got tickets. Me, my wife, my daughter, my son-in-law. We're going down. We're spending Friday night. Going to stay down around Hicksville. Beautiful micro hotel, you know. Really cool diner we ate at Saturday morning. We get out there to the park. We had we had parking, you know. Uh, permits, place to park, parking lot. I don't know if that does any good. You know, there's a bazillion people there. The place is chaotic. It's it's a zoo, basically. That's how I describe it. If you ever wanted to know what it looks like, you know. So we're just kind of there. We're we're kind of from the sticks, you know, and in there. And I will tell you that it's I, I, in a in a real simple way to describe it, kind of like a frat party. Uh, seems like the last bastion of cigar smoking. It's kind of the way it is. Besides being, you know, I don't know, 100,000 people is a lot of people. One of the cool traditions is that father and son dress alike. So you picture a 30-something-year-old father and a 10-year-old son, and they have, like, pressed khaki shorts, you know, and a nice striped shirt and nice bow tie with a beautiful sport jacket and stuff like that. That was, was kind of cool, you know. But it's just hard to realize what is going on, what is happening, where am I, you know, and all that. But the thing that was really cool about it is we did see it, we did experience it, and we lived <laughs> that's cool. Thank you, Lord. Well, yeah. <laughs> on with the show. 
You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on the Sound of Life, the Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org. 